Friends, I'd like to welcome you to this week's edition of Bishop Sheen Presents, a program where we feature some of the wit and wisdom of the venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. For over 50 years, Archbishop Sheen captivated audiences on both radio and television. Millions tuned in each week to hear his messages of hope and encouragement. It is my sincerest hope that the reflections that you will hear today on this broadcast will truly touch your heart and in a way show you that your life is worth living. Hello, my dear friends, and welcome to this week's edition of Bishop Sheen Presents. I'm your host, Al Smith. I want to thank you for joining me for our weekly opportunity to grow in the knowledge and wisdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And again, we have been blessed for quite some time now to enjoy the wisdom of Archbishop Sheen. Uh, we have, of course, been sharing Archbishop Sheen's messages on Radio Maria since 2017. And so we hope to uh, share his voice uh, for many years to come. And so we've been reflecting on some of the uh, audio broadcasts from Fulton Sheen's war years uh, when he took to the airwaves to calm America uh, with uh, the worries they had. Of course, the war was raging uh, across the globe. And, uh, you know, would we ever overcome evil? Uh, would we ever have victory? Uh, would our freedoms be uh, taken away or given to us? All of these questions. And so I've been sharing some of these reflections with you because they are very appropriate even today. And so I will uh, share with you his talk titled, How to Overcome This Evil. And I think we all need uh, that word of encouragement because uh, we're still facing evil every day. And I will conclude my conversation with Father Carney. Uh, we will pray the chaplet of the Holy Face together and, of course, explain the Holy Face chaplet to you, our listeners. And so uh, we'll have a great program today. And so without further ado, may I present to you the Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen as he gives a reflection of how to overcome this evil. Please enjoy. Friends, in this series up to this time, we have said that this war is not a conflict of nationalities, but of philosophies of life. The philosophies of life which are intrinsically evil are Nazism, fascism, communism, and a nationalism which identifies itself with deity. How overcome this evil? In order to answer that question, one must know the strength of the enemy. In all human forces, there are two factors, physical and psychological. The first determines the ability to fight. The second the zeal with which one fights. From a purely physical point of view, our enemies are well armed, technically perfect. 
But their great strength lies in a psychological factor. They believe in and absolute. They have a dogma, a creed, a faith, and a religion. That pseudo-religion centers about a race, an emperor, a Caesar, or a corpse. But in its essence, they are all the same the affirmation of another absolute than God. Call it fanaticism, call it diabolical. The fact of the matter is they are men of faith. The Nazis, for example, have faith in the primitive purity of their race, faith in the messianic call to be the masters of the world. And from that faith, has come those unpentecostal fires which in the course of less than ten years has swept them into the fury of the strongest army the world has ever seen. It is no answer to say that their faith is false. Certainly it is. It is like the faith of the demons in hell. But without a faith, nothing can be accomplished. It is the faith of the demons which inspires them to the ceaseless energy of the destruction of the kingdom of God, as it is the faith of the saints that inspires them unto its building. Whence has come this fanaticism for an absolute? It is the manifestation in a false form of a zeal which men should have had for the true faith. For the last two centuries, it has been the fault of the Western world to ridicule zeal for religion. Tolerance, which should have been applied to persons, was transferred to truths, so that men became indifferent to right and wrong and to truth and error. And zeal, which men should have had for the true God, could not long be kept chilled and frozen by indifference and by our so-called broad-mindedness, and it finally swept up through the surface and came out as fanaticism for false gods. The young people in these totalitarian countries were dissatisfied with the husks of our secularist culture. They wanted an absolute one that would command conviction, a hardy wine of sacrifice, and they found it in a religion which was anti-religion. Their answer to a civilization that had forgotten the Christian religion was to be anti-Christian. They sought to erect a counter-church of the city of man which would war against the city of God until the end of time. And that is why the world today is in the peculiar mood of having more energy for the spread of false gods of race and class and of power than it has for the spread of the knowledge of the true God and his life and his love. It is this faith of the enemies which explains the zest with which they fight. It explains why Japanese aviators believe that their death is the condition of their God's victory. And why young Nazi soldiers ask when they die that the inscription upon their tombstones reads, 
he died in peace with Hitler. The human heart must have an absolute. As Voltaire said, if man has no God, he will make a God for himself. Deny men the right to make a pilgrimage to the shrine of a saint, and in 50 years, they will be making pilgrimages to a tank factory. Deny them a God incarnate, and in a few generations, they will adore an emperor who is the incarnation of a God. The totalitarian powers have convinced us that man cannot live without a religion or a faith or an absolute. The question, therefore, no longer is, will we or will we not have an absolute? The only question is, which one will we serve? This very enthusiasm for false gods which they have is the explanation of their cruelty. There is nothing temporal that can bear the strain of being deified. It is like placing a marble bust on the stem of a rose. It distorts a man like beating a cripple with his own crutches. Endow a machine with infinite power and it will kill you. Endow a finite human being with the power of God and he will slay you. As Lord Acton said, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And as Chesterton said, speaking of the horrors of the new religion, God is more good to the gods that mocked him than men are good to the gods they made. When, therefore, a man with an eternal destiny is enlisted in the service of an earthly absolute, he becomes the fiercest and most fanatical soldier. And therein lies the total strength of our enemies. Their cause is a religion, the animal religion of a false god. And our problem is how overcome that absolute. This is one way we will not do it, not by hate. There is a group in our midst who, feeling the lack of a crusading spirit and sensing the need of zest in battle, contend that the condition of victory is the hatred of enemies. Hatred is a poor alternative for faith. It inspires men to fight because their enemy is wicked rather than because their cause is righteous. It looks to the poison of their arrows rather than to the justice of their archery. Lamenting the wickedness of our enemies will make us cruel, but it will never make us strong. I would rather think that our soldiers were inspired more by a love of the country they live in than by the country they hate.
If we spend our time setting on the eggs of hate, in vain will we expect to hatch the dove of peace. And this absolute of theirs will not be overcome by force alone either. For no idea can be killed by force. A false idea can be overcome only by a true idea. A false dogma only by a true dogma. When Hitler says the power of money is dead, we must not counter with the defense of financial plutocracy, but rather with a new idea in which money shall be used exclusively as a medium of exchange. When Hitler says that the power of monopolistic capitalism is dead, we must not defend its abuses. We must counter with a new idea of economics based on the moral order. We cannot conquer Hitler's new order by attempting to preserve the old order from which it came. The one and only effective way is to build a new order ourselves, one grounded on the true absolute of God and the principles of justice and morality. And neither will we overcome this false absolute by an indifference to any absolute or by saying that we are fighting merely to preserve the status quo. I know of a simple soul who, on being asked the meaning of the word status quo, defined it rather correctly as the mess that we are in. We are not fighting to keep the world just as it was. If we were we would be fighting to preserve a world that produced Nazism and Communism and Fascism. No vague sentiments about liberalism. No catchwords about freedom of the press. No American sportsmanship transplanted from the football field to a sea or a foxhole. No mass production, however great the eight-hour sacrifice of those who make it. No boasting and bragging. No complaining or haranguing of our public officials and no change of legislators will carry us safely through this crisis unless we are prepared to give up our coat in time of fire and our cargo in case of a sinking ship. The Savior was right when he spoke of the crisis that faced Jerusalem, go not back for your coat. Let it perish. The strength of our enemies is in their absolute. Ours weakness is in the want of it. Their force is their ideology. Our weakness is the lack of it. They are sweeping ahead because they have dogmas, and we are falling behind because we have none. The dynamism of a false paganism cannot be overcome by the irreligion of democracy. The enthusiasm for false gods cannot be drowned by an indifference to the true God. No secularized, non-religious theory of political freedom is strong enough to overcome their faith. A people who lack the strength of an ultimate conviction 
cannot overcome their false dogmas. The effective answer to a false religion is not indifference to all religion. Unless there is a positive conviction to pit against the assaults of the demon, the citadel of our soul will foil. What we need, above all things else, is the offensive of a great idea. Is there a place for it in American democracy? Certainly there is. Democracy is based on a political and an economic relative, but on a theological absolute. Does not our Declaration of Independence affirm that the Creator has endowed man with certain unalienable rights? In other words, God is the absolute in American democracy. And either democracy will rest on this divine foundation or it will be laid to rest. Trying to preserve freedom and democracy without God, in whom alone these truths are grounded, is like preserving the false teeth of a drowning man. If we save the man, we will save his teeth. And if we save our souls in God, we will save our democracy and our freedom but not otherwise. Now, Lent begins this coming Wednesday. And let it be a season for Catholics to prove by additional sacrifices their love of God and their love of country. May Catholics take a resolution to attend Mass every morning during Lent, receive our divine Lord into their hearts in Holy Communion, and prolong the thanksgiving, if possible, into a holy hour. May the Jews and Protestants in like manner spend an hour in meditation and prayer for the same intention. And to all who wish little booklets to aid in this meditation and prayer, we will gladly send them to you free. But pray we must. For as Shakespeare said, if that the heavens do not quickly send down their visible spirits to tame these vile offenses, it will come that humanity must perforce prey on itself like monsters of the deep. Now this is the issue involved in the war, the choice of absolutes. No one has stated it among the United Nations quite as clearly as the Nazis have put it. In a book that was published in Berlin recently entitled God and the Race, A Soldier's Creed, we read this statement of Nazi ideology. Each epoch has its symbols. Two epochs and two symbols are now facing each other, the cross and the sword. Today, Christianity is under the sign of the cross. Our struggle is not against man. It is against an idea. We struggle against the cross. That is Nazism. And that is one of the clearest expressions that has yet come from any nation in this world war. 
The Nazis say they are on the side of the sword. They put us on the side of the cross. So be it. And may a day come then when Hitler reaches out his sword to us that we in virtue of our recovery of the absolute will be strong enough to take that naked blade in our bare hand and pull it from him and lift the sword high in the air with the hilt above and what's that hilt frame against the august blue of heaven's sky the glorious symbol of the cross of Christ and the pledge of American victory you are listening to Radio Maria a Christian voice in your home I'm your host Al Smith and I want to thank you for joining me today to be encouraged by Archbishop Sheen's words. Uh, He truly teaches us how to overcome this evil, and it's a choice between the gods, uh, the false gods that we see in the world today, or the true God, the true and living God. And so may we choose the true God. I think of the book that I was blessed to put together a few years ago called War and Peace, and it's available through Sophia Institute Press. It is Sheen's writings from the war years, and uh, again, they're very applicable to today. Uh, The book has been on special for uh, the beginning of the year. It's now just $10. It's actually five books in one. And so, again, available through Sophia Institute Press, the title of the book, War and Peace, an anthology. And uh, we're giving an extra 25% discount uh, at checkout when you use the promo code SHEEN25. And uh, we'll give a 25% discount on any of the books that Sophia Press sells. So uh, we're all looking for good books during the season of Lent. And so please visit the website, sophiainstitute.com, and look over their great selection of of, of fabulous reading. Uh, Again, I've put together five Fulton Sheen books. They're all anthologies, so for the thrifty-minded soul that's looking for seven books in one or five books in one, uh, the Sheen anthologies through Sophia Institute Press are great. And again, that 25% discount using the promo code SHEEN25 at checkout is excellent. And if you forgot what I just said or didn't have a pen handy, uh, visit us at our website, bishopsheentoday.com. And uh, there they have all the promo codes on the front page of the website at bishopsheentoday.com. All right, I've been having a glorious conversation with Father Lawrence Carney, who is a great uh, promoter of the Holy Face. And uh, I've been blessed to promote the Holy Face through parish missions. I, I bring relics of the Holy Face to parishes. And I can be found on my website, that is holyfacemiracle.com. Uh, holyfacemiracle.com and there you'll find the story of the Holy Face and a way to contact me also. And so again, I want to share with you now the conversation uh, that I've been having with Father Carney and today we actually talk about how to pray the chaplet of the Holy Face. Please enjoy. You are listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. 
I'm your host, Al Smith, and I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Bishop Sheen Presents. And we've been sharing with you a little bit about the devotion to the Holy Face. And we've had our good friend, Father Lawrence Carney, assist us in kind of unpacking the devotion. Uh, the first uh, interview that we had a few weeks ago, uh, we talked about the Holy Face devotion. Uh, and then Father Carney was kind enough to come back and uh, explain the League of St. Martin. Um, and it came back again and uh, shared with us about the manual of the Holy Face. And uh, today uh, we want uh, to have all our answers uh, given to us, questions we have about prayer and uh, the chaplet of the Holy Face itself. And so uh, let me bring back to our Radio Marita audience, uh, Father Lawrence Carney. Thank you for having me back, Alan. Oh, you're welcome. I don't think we can get enough of the Holy Face. It is a devotion for our times. It's it's growing on a lot of us. Um, I know over the last three years, I have received so many holy cards with the image of the Holy Face of Jesus on it. Um, I, I sense there's something brewing. And uh, of course, when we look at the state of the church and the state of the world, we see how evil has uh, risen up. And uh, again, uh, the plans of um, evil men are coming to fruition, it seems. And so uh, we need to be engaged in a spiritual battle. And I think the Holy Face and the prayers attached to the Holy Face uh, is that battle. Um, it's the armor that we need. And uh, of course, to go on the offensive. Um, I think this is what when we look at scripture. Jesus came to defeat the devil. And I think he asked us, not that I think he asked us, he does ask us to engage in battle and to, uh, again, go against Satan and his minions. So, uh, Father, um, the power of prayer. Let me um, ask you to uh, just share with our audience again the power of the many prayers contained in the chaplet of the Holy Face and in the devotion itself. Yeah. The devotion to Holy Face is so rich with various Sunday prayers for the specific aim to make a counter-revolution. So we have a revolution going underway, and it's been like that ever since Christ died on the cross. But each era has a different tactic of revolution and so the revolution against God is with communism and just revolutionary men. And so the counter-revolution are those people that want to engage and defend the kingdom of God in the church militant. So heaven has given us this arch confraternity of the holy face, and with it comes between 50 and 100 prayers. I've never counted how many. And it's just so rich with engaging the enemy against their tactics. So God has given us the secret of the holy face to fight in these times. And one of them is how, is the chaplet of the holy face, which I often tell people is a minor exorcism for lay people. But the main, the main goal of this chaplet is for the triumph of the Catholic Church. And now we have a lot of triumphs that we're trying to pray for, like the triumph of the Sacred Heart, triumph of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and then we have the triumph of the Catholic Church. So I call it the triple triumph. 
And so this little chaplet will help engage uh, warriors and the church militant today for this aim. Yeah, and I think people have asked me um, questions about, you know, the how-tos. Um, they've been reading the prayers that are said during the chaplet and uh, are finding that many of these prayers are scriptural. Um, I know our Protestant brothers always ask, is it in the Bible? And I can always say with great, uh, with a positive affirmation to say, yes, these prayers uh, are in the Bible. Uh, many times uh, throughout scripture, uh, the reference to our Lord's face or his countenance. And I know in your book, uh, The Secrets of the Holy Face, uh, published by uh, Tan Books, uh, you mentioned that uh, the word face is uh, revealed 840 times uh, in scripture and uh, the word countenance over 100 times. And when I read that, I thought, wow, if that's not um, a statement, what is? Uh, God is asking us to... Uh, look upon his face and be saved. And so, uh, again, it's so powerful, not just for Catholics, but for Protestants, uh, that they see that it is very scriptural in nature, this holy face devotion. Yeah, was, go ahead, Father. A lot of people have questions about how to pray the chaplet, and they can get caught up in the details. And as we were explaining earlier to each other, yeah, there's, a certain way to botch up the chaplet, a holy face that we don't want to happen. And I'm not really seeing that. Although there is a whole different chaplet of the holy face that I've seen before. So the one that we pray comes from the manual of the Arch of the Holy Face, which has the approval of Pope Leo XIII. So when people try to pray that version of it, they're not really botching it up. What I think happens is some people get so concerned about details is they get anxious and nervous and fearful about not praying it right. So for example, we say flee instead of fly. Uh, when we talk about the, the Psalm that we say over and over 33 times and the manual says to say fly. Well, I try to introduce that to everyone that's used to saying flee and I just put an asterisk in my little how to pray the chaplet that we're by custom, we're just going to say flee because it's easier. So just like the St. Michael the Archangel prayer has so many different ways of praying it because it's a translation issue that we shouldn't go around parishes and say, hey, you're praying the St. Michael wrong. You're praying the chaplet wrong. We should just pray it and be united with God. That's the key. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, and it does. I think, um, again, I see the same uh, questions being asked about translations of the Golden Arrow Prayer. And uh, they'll read from uh, the writings of uh, Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre and how the way uh, she, of course, um, related the prayer and uh, the reference to uh, in the hells. Um, I think a lot of times people think, oh, is that the right way? Um, because I saw a different version um, with, um, you know, under the under the earth. And um, so I think this this idea of I'm saying 
they just it's in the translation um as you mentioned to me uh again these manuals were in french and they were translated um so in the translation sometimes people change things but um again maybe you can explain that in the hells i think that's always the question that comes up um so give us the colts notes on that passage so i like the translation i got there's a there's a footnote that explains about i think it's called don's Ethens, which is in the hells and theologically dogmatic theology allows it to say in the hells because there's different levels in hell so there's the bosom of abraham which was also considered hell because jesus descended into hell and he took the just men out of hell then there's a chamber called purgatory which is full right now but at at the end of time, when there is no more time left, that'll be emptied, but it's still a chamber. And then there's all the different levels of hell that we get from Dante's Inferno. Uh, I mean, he's just a po poetically speaking about the different levels of hell. And there are different levels of hell, depending on how evil someone is, that, that means they're going to be in the lower parts of it. So there's nothing wrong dogmatically with saying in the hells. In fact, I think it's good because it makes distinctions of just the netherworlds or just the netherworld itself or just hell itself. Yeah, and I think um, one question I get all the time is about the honoring the five senses and um, and people, when do I announce, um, you know, um, almost like when you are praying the rosary, you'll announce the mystery and the fruit of the mystery. And so people say, well, when do I announce, um, you know, in honor of his sense of hearing or his sense of touch? Um, like, when do I do that? And I, I always think, well, you're supposed to meditate on the mysteries of the Holy Rosary. And you can meditate on how our Lord's uh, five senses were offended uh, as you pray. And so um, it's not always about announcing um, you know, the, um, the, the senses that were wounded, uh, but still meditating on them. So I don't know if I'm correct in that uh, response or uh, what you would say to people as they try to have the best experience of praying the chaplet. Yeah, it's the senses. It's important to have them announced. Um, if you're praying in a group of people, there's a certain order uh, that some people like and they get it from the manual but the key is it's still a devotional so a lot of people are taught by saint louis de montfort to have a petition for each decade and sometimes they can say the petition before the decade starts or they can even say the petition before each of the prayers so that's why this is called a devotion as long as it's not botched up to a degree that it it loses its its central um, components. So that's what we're after. So I remember I used to pray the five senses in a different order than somebody else. So I had to look it up in the manual and I started praying it that way. So, you know, if you're doing it alone, it's, it's good if you can get really deep into the meditations themselves and not to be so concerned with the order that you really don't get deep into the mysteries. So that's one Thing that we don't want people to do is just to get caught with a vocal prayer and when god's calling them to go to meditation or contemplation which is higher 
not to get stuck there. And that's what happens sometimes is people can get so anxious and so fearful about things that they don't go into that deeper region of prayer. Right. I think, um, you know, there's praying the chaplet privately in your own home, and then there's praying the chaplet in a group. And I know that some people say, well, I saw this one Facebook group and they pray the Holy Rosary, the chaplet of divine mercy and the chaplet of the Holy face. Is that right? Uh, and yet another group, they pray uh, as, uh, um, you know, this, this, and this. And, and I say, you know, when you get together as a prayer group, um, you know, you follow what the group wants to do. And every group will decide uh, what prayers they want to pray at their meetings. Um, but I think what's really important is that people start to practice uh, just that holy habit of praying the chaplet each day um, in, in their families or by themselves. And then in a group setting, uh, they can decide you know, what prayers they might want to pray as a group. And I don't know if that's good advice, Father, or if there's a, a proper yeah, I'll way. To, I'll add to that. So yeah, you're right on track. First, you start individually, and then you start praying in groups. And you can decide to pray those three, you know, the rosary, the chaplet of divine mercy, the chaplet of the holy face together. That's no problem. Now, when there starts to be a stickling, a sticking issue is when a group is approved by the local bishop or ordinary. That's when you have your statutes, and you're going to have a certain list. This constitutes the confraternity of the holy face. These are the prayers that must be prayed. Then you probably won't be having a chaplet of divine mercy in there. I mean, at least not every group will have that. They might have the rosary, or they might have the mass or a holy hour instead of the rosary. But that's going to be determined by the local ordinary of each confraternity of the holy face. So that's when it becomes a, an issue where people need to be sticklers. So if people have these groups online where they just decide to have this formula of prayer, and they include some of the holy face stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. So I hope that makes sense. And oh, yeah. I'm going to be going to France, hopefully in May, uh, to get the template. I'm going to look at the archives of the meetings from the very beginning and tours. And I'm going to make a template so that people can have uh, a way to make statutes and they can present them to the local, local bishop. And then if they're approved, then they have to stick to what they've agreed to that makes sense yes yes and and speaking of templates i love the template that you've provided on your website uh the martinians.org uh you actually have uh, a pdf that people can print out uh that uh, shows people how to pray uh the chaplet of the holy face and it's actually numbered you know one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So it is a great uh, connect the dots. Um, so again, it explains um, how to pray the chaplet and of course the prayers. And uh, so what I thought we would do, Father, is uh, I would ask you to uh, lead our listeners in praying the chaplet of the Holy Face. Um, we pray the rosary every day here on Radio Maria. And of course, we have many beautiful devotions. The Angelus has prayed a number of times uh, through the day. And uh, so I thought we would pray the chaplet 
of the Holy Face. And not everybody's going to know the prayers. And um, again, we all pray them uh, sometimes slightly different, as you said, fly, flee, um, thee, thou, <laughs> a lot of things like that. Now, Father Carney, people ask me all the time, um, you know, what beads should I use? Um, I know there's chaplets that I've seen online that I can purchase. And, and I say to people that everyone should get uh, a chaplet of the Holy Face. And, and you know, I have different versions. I, uh, friends of ours make up plastic uh, versions of the rosary with the um, 33 smaller beads and the six larger ones, again, on a budget. Uh, there's other nicer um, glass beads that you can uh, purchase that are be quite beautiful. Uh, and gunmetal always seems to be very popular. So uh, this is the importance that I try to say to people. Uh, purchase uh, a chaplet that is comfortable in your hands and comfortable on your budget. And uh, again, the prayers can be said. And of course, those beautiful prayers um, that we've mentioned a few times now in our interviews, uh, the beautiful prayer, Arise, O Lord, and let thine enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Uh, again, a great from Psalm 67, uh, beautiful prayer of exorcism. We pray that 33 times in the chaplet. And then we actually pray uh, a beautiful uh, salutation where we say, My Jesus, mercy and glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Those are the main prayers in the chaplet, the 33 small beads and the six larger beads. And, of course, they correspond with the 33 years of our Lord's life here on this earth. And uh, we had mentioned earlier about honoring uh, the five senses of our Lord that were wounded. Um, and so uh, before we pray, Father, maybe is there anything else that you can uh, say about the prayers contained in the chaplet of the Holy Face? Yeah, just that Psalm 67, uh, St. Athanasius was told by the demons they hate that scripture the most, I think. And Pope Leo Thirteenth included that verse in the minor exorcism which we know the minor exorcism is the saint michael the archangel prayer so this chaplet has a lot of connections that are really providential for the fight that we engage in today yes and the other prayers that are found in the manual of the holy face and i will hold that up for listeners and your beautiful uh, edition that you have of the book and the leather bound um, again very rugged but uh, again those prayers are contained in the holy face manual so uh, i recommend that people read that manual cover to cover uh, i know that you have um, mentioned to us a few times now that it's something that you read every day and you're constantly meditating on the prayers in the manual of the holy face and so uh, many of our listeners are picking up on your lead and enjoying the manual of the Holy Face. But uh, let's uh, spend a few moments now to pray the chaplet of the Holy Face. Uh, I like to say to people that it doesn't take more than 15 minutes, um, so it's not like it's going to take up your whole day. Um, I, I'd like to say to people, take your time as you pray. I, I know the criticism that uh, we get sometimes when we pray the Holy Rosary is that we pray 
the prayers too quickly. And uh, sometimes you think, are you really meditating on the mysteries of the rosary? And so uh, the chaplet is no different. We can get caught up in praying the chaplet too quickly, or we can pray it at a good pace where we truly meditate on the prayers of the chaplet of the Holy Face. And so, Father, uh, may you lead us in praying the chaplet of the Holy Face with our Radio Maria audience. O God, come to my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. My Jesus, mercy, in glory honor of the saints of touch, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. My Jesus, mercy. Glory be to the Father. In the sense of hearing. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. My Jesus, mercy, in honor of the sense of sight. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. My Jesus, mercy, in honor of the sense of smell. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let the enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. My Jesus, mercy, in honor of the sense of taste. 
Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Arise, O Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. In honor of the three years of his public life, my Jesus' mercy, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Arise, O Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. Arise, O Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered. Let those that hate thee flee before thy face. The optional prayers. Eternal Father, I offer thee the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ and all the other instruments of his holy passion, that thou may put division in the camp of thy enemies. For as thy beloved son has said, Hakim divided against itself shall fall. May the thrice holy name of God overthrow all their plans. May the name of the living God split them up by disagreements. May the terrible name of the God of eternity stamp out all their godlessness. Lord, I do not desire the death of the sinner, but I want him to be converted and to live. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Golden Arrow Prayer. May the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible, and unutterable name of God be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and in the hells by all the creatures of God and by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ in the most holy sacrament of the altar. Amen. O God, our protector, Look down upon us and cast thine eyes upon the face of thy Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Lawrence Carney, for leading us in the chaplet of the Holy Face. And you can see, Radio Maria listeners, that it doesn't take that long. And yet it is a beautiful prayer. And may I encourage everyone to uh, purchase a copy of the Holy Face Manual, and there you will find a number of beautiful litanies uh, that you can pray, um, you know, throughout the day. And by praying the litanies, this is where you will fall in love with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ even more. Uh, St. Therese of the Child Jesus and the Holy Face meditated on the life of Jesus as a young child. And the same was true of Sister Marie de Saint-Pierre. Uh, of course, this great devotion to the child Jesus. But uh, when we pray these litanies, we see our Lord's face at all stages of his life, from his infancy to his young uh, years as, a, as, as a, a young boy and then a young man, and of course, then his face during the Passion. So uh, it's about falling in love with Jesus, and this devotion truly does help us. Uh, Father Carney, any last words you may have on prayer? Uh, regarding the holy face. Yeah, my last words are that I've observed that as people get 
more involved in the devotion to the holy face of Jesus, they start to get drawn into certain virtues that lead them into the interior life. And that leads them to uh, the different ages of the interior life. So they go from the purgative way, getting rid of mortal sin, and that leads them to the illuminative way, where they're given many lights from God, and then the unitive way, where they become in union. And this devotion is interesting, has been given to us in the latter times, and it, it just struck me one day that it prepares us for the greatest gift of all, which is the beatific vision. So it makes sense that heaven would give us a devotion to the face of Jesus in order to prepare someday after this life that we will hopefully be with him to see him face to face in the beatific vision, the greatest gift that St. Thomas says that we can receive from God as a creature. Amen to that, Father. Amen. Uh, my dear listeners, uh, may I recommend that you visit uh, Father Carney's uh, website, uh, it's uh, www.martinians.org, and there is just a great resource of materials there. Of course, there's a store that I believe is second to none with many good resources. Uh, I encourage everyone to pick up a copy of uh, Father Carney's book, The Secret of the Holy Face, uh, available through 10 books. Uh, it has uh, so many, um, I want to say, nuggets of truth in it. Uh, and we need the truth today. Uh, we need the truth about uh, the battle we're in. And you explain that so beautifully in your book. And, uh, of course, encourage us to know that God is on our side. And I think we need to hear that time and time again. Uh, Father Carney, would you please give us uh, here at Radio Maria your blessing? Sure. You know, many popular views Seat nomen nomen benedictum, et ex hoc inusque dusque in seculum, domine ex arrivatus in omnia, et clamor mea sate venia, dominus vobiscu, ecum spiritu tuo. Benedictio de mi potentis, patris et filii, spiritus et sinus super, vos et mani et semper. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father Carney, for that blessing and, of course, your presence here at Radio Maria. And so we'll know that um, we are praying for you and uh, we're praying, of course, for your apostolic outreach of sharing the Holy Face. And again, thank you for your time here today at Radio Maria. You are welcome, Alan. You are listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. I'm your host, Al Smith, and I want to thank you for joining me today to learn a little bit more about the holy face of Jesus and the beautiful devotions attached to it. I want to thank uh, Father Lawrence Carney for his time and energy in sharing the devotion with us over the last four weeks. And may I invite you to visit his website at uh, www.martinians.org, and there you'll find a great resource library of of how to pray the chaplet, and of course how to be involved with the League of St. Martin, and how to order uh, the Manual of the Holy Face. And so there is a lot there. And I've been blessed to share this devotion uh, in my local area for quite some time. Uh, I visit with relics of the Holy Face, uh, parishes and Catholic conferences, and I can be found on my website at 
holyfacemiracle.com. Again, that's holyfacemiracle.com. And there is a great deal of information on the Holy Face Devotion on that website. And of course, uh, our Bishop Sheen Today website has uh, a great list of books written by Fulton Sheen and links to many video presentations and audio recordings. And so everything is there. And of course, we have great discounts to our friends who visit uh, Sophia Institute Press and Tan Books. Um, again, their selection of books is second to none, and they've provided generous discounts to us. And so uh, please use the promo codes at checkout, and that is all listed on the website bishopsheentoday.com. You know, I get asked all the time as Lent approaches, you know, what one book would you purchase uh, for the Lenten season? And it's simply the cries of Jesus from the cross. And again, you'll find that at Sophia Institute Press, a uh, beautiful book of Sheen's Meditations on the Seven Last Words. It actually contains seven books in one. And so uh, it has been a bestseller every Lenten season uh, for a number of years now. So again, that book is called The Cries of Jesus from the Cross, uh, available at Sophia Institute Press. And of course, their 25% discount they give all Radio Maria listeners. Uh, and of course, there's the book I mentioned last week titled War and Peace, uh, a collection of Sheen's writings during the war years, and uh, they're still appropriate today. And uh, again, that's under $10, that book, and a great read uh, during the season of Lent also. And so, um, again, lots of books uh, everywhere, it seems. Uh, my dear friends, of course, uh, please uh, pray the devotion to the Holy Face. It is a great devotion needed in our time today. And uh, the website, uh, Father Carney, once again, is www.martinians.org. And my humble website for the Holy Face is simply holyfacemiracle.com. Again, holyfacemiracle.com, and there is so much information there on the Holy Face. My friends, have a great and blessed week, and until the next time that we meet, may the good Lord continue to bless you and keep you. May the Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, and may the Lord look upon you kindly and bring you peace. God love you.